This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Episode 56, I think, of Working Class on DeerCast. Thank you guys for joining us, watching, listening, wherever you uh, consume your podcast content of DeerCast and Working Class Bowhunter, Andrea Adors, probably in DeerCast, so appreciate that a lot. Austin Chandler is back in the house. Hello. What's up, dude? What's going on, bud? You're here because you just killed a deer. It feels really nice to come up for the purpose of podcasting about a buck kill. It's nice to just do it, too, in the middle of the day, and we may or may not be drinking uh, bourbon cream in celebration at noon. You have to celebrate when something like that happens. It's a good time. You do, right? And what better way? It's like an excuse. It's like these moments don't come around often. Let's have a drink to uh Well, you had to celebrate. twist my arm a little bit. Yeah. yeah cheers, it's like, buddy. all right, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cheers. So I'll better drink it if I'm cheersing you. But you kind of had, I really, normally I can count on you to kill a buck like late October, early November if you're not harvesting. My window's like the 2nd through the 7th or 8th of November, about, just about every season I usually get one in that first week. What's your favorite day to hunt all of the entire season? If you could pick one day, what's your day? Probably 5th or 5th or 6th. Of November. Yeah. I like November. A lot of guys, it's like becoming trendy to hate November because it's sporadic, and I'm trying to hunt a specific deer. Well, that's the cool thing to do right now. Like, everybody wants to go after a specific deer, and I do too, especially when it's a really big deer. It's fun to just focus on one animal, and I'm still yeah. I'm still doing that on my target buck, but I'm not the kind of guy that's going to turn up my nose when a, when a nice solid 50s or 60s deer rolls by me and gives me a nice shot. You know, if he's a nice old mature deer, I'm... I'm all in. <laughs> that too. And even if you're targeting a buck, if you're like what you if you know is home core area, if you if you if you have a target buck, you should know that. Mm -hmm. He's up walking around more than likely. Oh yeah. So what better way? I mean, it's it can be more sporadic. He can be five miles 
over on a different farm, but he can also just be up cruising his own area looking for does or whatever. Yeah. Well, that deer is never going to spend more time on his feet in the daylight than that first week in November. I right. And that's, there's no argument there. It's just, yeah. are you in the right spot to see him? That's right. You know, you do, you, you are playing dice when it comes to that. Yep. That's fun though. I love it. I love the excitement of the rut. I love the action. I love the, the, uh, feeling of not knowing what's going to walk down the trail next. I do like that feeling a lot. Yeah. I, I've, you know, before, we're talking before we get into your story, but I've kind of realized like cell cams are so amazing, but they'll also make you not want to go to an area just based off one side of a tree. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it paints a, a broad picture, but it doesn't paint every little detail. You know, you no, got to put boots on the ground to really figure everything out. Yeah. And you know, man, there's like a lot of debates going on right now. Some people are like, cell cams are cheating all this, but it's like, man, if you want to start that. It's a very debatable talk topic and i i kind of understand it like i can I, get the I can see the argument you know that's electronics telling you what animals are doing at real time that was yeah you know it, when when they first came out it was like man this almost feels like cheating but yeah until they're illegal i'm going to keep using them because they are effective <laughs> well the problem i see to a lot of guys making the bold argument on the internet are using things that could easily be like well okay if if you don't like cell cams Get rid of your electronic site that ranges for you. Yep. Like, get rid of your rangefinder then if you really want to be that picky. You, you can't know. You got to guess it. Like, and you could just keep going yeah. down the list. You got to draw the line somewhere. Like, is a compound bow going too much compared to traditional archery? And then the crossbow yeah. argument and everything else. We, I mean, where do you draw the line at? In some states out west, I think Utah did it. Um, we talked about in the past, but they banned cell cams. I saw that. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if they e did that in the Midwest. E-bikes were getting uh, axed. I think Utah axed a certain class of e-bike. Yeah. I I don't know where I stand on that argument. Yeah. I don't really know how much harm they're doing versus a regular bike. Well, every product has an argument, and we could go through each one and do a, a podcast on each one, but it's it's the... The overall, how much technology is too much, too much technology in the woods. Exactly. Yeah. Well, interesting. That's maybe we'll just, well, we should just deep dive some topics like that for future podcasts. Yeah. But let's talk about your buck then, because the rut's awesome. Oh, you just yeah. sit in the rut. That's where, that's where we started before we went on the side tangent. Yeah. I, uh, I've had a long season. I've had a lot of stuff kind of pop up here and there, little obstacles and yeah. Uh, it's been a different season for me compared to what normally happens, but I, uh, I'm i a farmer, so I sat in the combine a little longer than expected this year. Um, I got done with harvest around November 3rd, and it's usually around the 25th of October. It's because you traded that other combine in for your gleaner. I, I should have stuck with the red. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a red guy through and through. But my 2588 crapped down on me this year. I had some fuel issues, some pretty major ones, and it, my machine actually sat for about five or six days. The bacteria in your fuel? Had, that was the problem in the end, where there was bacteria in my fuel. How weird. So after a lot of money and sitting for five days, which is expensive too, we finally figured that out. Mm. So, That's painful. Yeah. So cheap fix. For next year, I guess I'll know where to start. How they, would they do? Just change your fuel filters and just I get new fuel. Change the fuel filters several times, but uh, change the fuel filters, and then we treated all my tanks, like my transfer tank and my truck. Treated that. Treated the combine tank, and then treated my tank at home that they bring the fuel to. So that way, we knew there was no bacteria 
in any of the tanks. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's that new cheap. Our fuel guy, I was telling him all the issues I'd been having, and we were trying to drain the tank because I thought there was something lodged in the bottom of the tank. Mm. And he's like, man, it's this sounds a lot like another problem that a guy's had. And anyways, it ended up being bacteria in the tank, but that solved it. But anyways, oh, okay, it shut me down for a while. So I uh, got done a little later than I wanted to. Um, started hunting on the 4th of November. My first day in and had a really good encounter with a big buck. Um, if I would have known the trail he was going to take and what he was going to do, I might've been able to yell at him and stop him. Cause he was on this hot dough so hard. He wasn't stopping for much, mm. but probably pushing 155 to 160, just a nice short time, big frame 10. Mm -hmm. And anyways, I had had my heart set on another deer that was in that little 20 acre piece that was a drop tine deer, great big mass, um, so I've kind of, I was like, well, I didn't get a shot at him, but it didn't break my heart because I had my sight set on this other deer. Right. Um, long story short, the drop tine deer got killed in gun season. Mm. Uh, yes. The big 10 is now back in that farm. But so that deer got killed. I lost my actual going into the season. My number two buck was a great big eight pointer that I passed last year. If you listen to Leah's podcast, Leah's buck, mm -hmm. um, I passed that deer. Last year is a mid fifties, eight pointer this year. He actually lost a little bit of time length. So he was like right around 150. Well, I actually watched the neighbor shoot that deer. I didn't see him physically shoot him, but I heard him crashing. I just thought he was chasing the doe. And then I heard the, I heard the guy on the phone talking about the big buck that he just killed. So I'm like, well, <laughs> you there goes my number two. Did you see that buck in person? I did. He came out at 150 yards and I grunted and snort wheezed at him and he looked at me and then he decided to follow his doe and went 30 yards in front of that hunter so you got him killed he, i he ignored me and went the other way <laughs> did so. you see a buck a after he got killed did you go talk to your neighbor i have not got to go see it yet but i'm i'm not friends with a guy but i know him and he's a really good guy so i'm gonna go swing by and and check him out but great big deer eight or nine inch brows um Man. Michael Winnicky was actually hunting with me and got to see that deer on the hoof a couple times so did you tell him about the whole deal yeah, he's the one that I, he was telling me about this monster eight. I'm like, well, I think I know the deer you're talking about. And I sent him a picture. He's like, yeah, that's him. So I let Michael finish his hunt on him. And then I went in the next day and that's when he got killed. Does Michael know that that deer's dead? Yeah, I sent him the picture. <laughs> so that was my number. What a weird scenario. That was my number two deer right off the rip. He got killed. And then what I would call my number three deer, the deer with the drop tie, and he got killed. And another big eight pointer on the other side of my pasture farm got killed. So all my big deer are like starting to kind of fall all firearm off. season kills. The one the deer that I shot that I saw get killed was an archery deer. Gotcha. And the rest were crossbow or a compound. Compound. Yeah. That makes it a little less sting. Yeah, I can accept that. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just cause you know. And then and then the number one deer that I'm after, he's not really even living on me, but. I keep getting night pictures of him, so I know he's close. Sooner or later, he'd mess up. I hope in the you late. Hope. I hope in the late season, I've got a, a standing soybean plot. Hopefully, he'll come in and check that out. But I'm just kind of being patient because he's big enough. I'm just not going to shoot anything else. Yeah, I got you. So uh, now that I've got this deer killed, I'm just going to sit back and wait. He's my primary target, so I'm just going to be patient and wait. But, gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. But in Illinois, we get two tags. So when this joker came strolling by yesterday, I had to. Oh, a good mature buck like that. It's hard to, it's hard to pass those bucks. It was a weird scenario. I'll just kind of explain the hunt. But yeah, yeah, break this down. I know a little bit of about all the details. Yep. So 
I was hunting my pasture <clears> farm, <throat> the farm I've pulled a lot of my big deer off of, 160-acre farm, beautiful deer hunting farm. How long have you had that place or hunted? Well, my grandfather, it was his first farm that he bought back in the 60s. So, that's super cool. Yeah. That makes it even, that's way cooler. Yeah. So we've had our name on it for a long time. It's just a beautiful spot, but... Um, I was a little discouraged going in this year. I did a bunch of habitat work and uh, usually see, you know, two or three good deer show up. And I've got a lot of nice deer, like 130s, 140 type deer, but just not the deer, the caliber that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. um, I've been getting picture of this one deer and I guessed him in the 50s, a uh, nice 10 pointer and had him on that farm and the surrounding farms. And I'm like, well, you know, he's, he's, I call him a tweener. He's like right on the edge of, I need to see him in person to determine if he's a shooter or yeah, not for gotcha. me. And so my, this farm, the way I hunt it, I have to come in through the neighbors to access one of my favorite stands and he gun hunts. So I let him get finished gun season. And then I call him the day after gun season and they shot the farm up. They killed like three bucks off of it. Mm. So I'm like, well, you, you did pretty good. Um, would you mind if I come across yours? Like, no, that's fine. We're, you know, we're not going to be in there hunting. So you go yeah, ahead. We've and killed everything here. already. You yeah, can go we're, ahead and walk we're done. There's nothing left. So <laughs> have our <laughs> have leftovers. I've had the table scraps, bub. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I appreciate it. So I, I came in with the intention of just getting a, a cell camera up to see what's going on back in that corner. Yeah, you're cheating. I'm cheating. I'm using technology. <laughs> so I go back in there and I didn't, I couldn't even get to the tree that I wanted to get the camera on. Like there's deer, I, bu I bumped one going in and I could hear other ones up on the ridge and I could see a little six as I was climbing the, the ladder to get up into my old tree stand. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm not even going to mess with the camera. I just left it at the base of the tree, go up the tree and right off the rip, I'm like, well, this set's not going the way I want. There's a great big cherry tree that had fell over right in my favorite shooting lane and it had like little uh, spurts growing up vertically off of it so it like literally blocked all but like one little hole i could shoot through i'm like well that's that's nice it's going well it's going well but i could see trails where they've been using it to go kind of diverting them around that so i'm like it's i'm still on the downwind side you know the west winds in my favor so i'll just yeah. go ahead and get up in here and set it out and see what happens and i knew there were deer in there i could hear them mm -hmm. well i was covered up in deer um what i i ended up total that night i ended up seeing in between 12 and 15 different does. I saw 10 at one time and then like seven different bucks. Wow. And they were just all around me. And that West wind. Just a doe and estrus in there. I I'll get, I'll continue with the story, but I'm guessing there was something going on because there were a lot of deer in that area. Gotcha. That was a nice um, way of telling me to just shut up. Yeah. And just let me story. tell the story. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate it. Mr. Host. <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay. Take notes. <laughs> Shut my mouth. Um, so, and it's, it's crazy to me because this West wind is blowing my scent towards a lot of these deer and they're like 30, 25, 30 yards kind of feeding around me. Yeah. Usually they just stage in this little bowl and then they kind of cruise up on this ridge and back down into this cornfield. So I, usually I get rid of the deer pretty fast. I don't have to worry about them, you know, catching me. Well, these deer were just like locked on me for like half hour, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there was probably seven or eight deer within 30 yards of me, just all around me milling, had two little bucks, you know, they'd lay their ears back at each other and bristle up and <laughs> grunting and chasing the does around. So it was, it was just a really cool set. Yeah. So I was just having fun doing that. And 
about that time, I'd probably seen them for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. I had all these deer around me and then I could hear crashing up on the ridge. And these two bucks, you could just tell when it's a mature buck fight. Right. They were banging, man. And they started hard and they didn't let up. I, I'm not lying. It was 15 to 20 minutes at least. Wow. Solid. Just brawling. And they were close enough. I could almost hear their heads hitting. Like How far do you think, roughly, if you had to... Put 80 it? to 100 yards. Yeah, cl close. Yeah, I could I could see deer watching them around them, but I never could see them fighting. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so they were... And, of course, it <clears throat> makes it... It's brutal because, you know, they're two good bucks. You know, you can just tell by the antlers. It's like, man, there's a couple bangers going on up so there. So you could hear just like the thud... Of their bodies oh, or yeah. heads hitting. You could hear the leaves, the trees snapping. I mean, you could, I couldn't never hear them grunting or anything like that, but the tines were just crashing. I'm like, man, this is brutal. So That's not something you hear often, really. I've, it's the best buck fight that I've ever heard. Um, I've, I've heard maybe a half a dozen really good ones, and this one lasted longer than any that I've heard. No, I've maybe heard... Oh, three or four in 20 yeah. years. Usually they last, you know, three or four minutes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. These these dudes were banging. They were going for 20 minutes or close to it. Jesus. It was wild. So uh, I, I'm looking around me. I'm like, man, if there's two good deer, they're probably going to, you know, eventually head down towards me. And I've got all these deer around. Like, And the does are like, at this time, they're starting to kind of know something's up. Like, because I'm watching, you know, <clears throat> right. I'm trying to get the binocs up. And I got one at like, 11 yards like right under me yeah and she's looking so i just kind of deliberately like start moving and looking at the deer and gradually kind of push Did you flex at them i didn't flex i didn't do the flex because <sighs> i didn't want them blowing at me people the people want a tutorial on that also by so, the way so now that we have video <laughs> right yeah yes <laughs> if you uh have a doe that's looking at you and you just want to get rid of her you got to do the you got to jump at them. You got to flex on them. Let them know. Let them know. Yeah, okay. Weird tactic, but effective. It works. It, it works. Hard to argue with. And it's just fun. It's fun it's when they, funny. It's fun when you know that they've got you and you can just turn them inside out. Oh, yeah, that would do it. So, okay. so I didn't flex on them, but I just kind of, you know, I do like the natural movement, just look down at them, lift my binoculars up, and they gradually, no, nobody snorted. The bucks didn't even know I was there. The does kind of left with their tails up <clears throat> and the bucks followed them out. So I'm like, this is just perfect. Yeah. Best, best case scenario. For sure. So after these two get done brawling up on the ridge, keep in mind, this is November 22nd. This is the day after gun season. So it's usually not highly likely you're going to see this kind of activity right after an Illinois gun season. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So they, the first buck comes down and when he does, I felt sorry for him. Like he was ripped. He, he he was missing one eye. I'm 90% sure the eye was actually gone, and his other eye was almost all the way closed. So Shoot, man. a great big gash in his forehead, great big gash, bloody gash down his back, and he was limping. His, of course, his mouth was hanging open. I'm like, man, this I don't even know that this deer is going to make it. And I knew the deer. I had pictures of him. How big a buck, roughly? 130. Mature deer? Four-year-old. Four no kidding. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I want to see who's banging with him to beat him up that bad. Yeah, because, I mean, the likelihood of a buck getting hurt in a fight that long is pretty good. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was surprised to see how bad a shape he was. Like, I figured they were just kind of going back and forth, but he was, he'd got gored in the face hard. Oh, I'm, I imagine he'll make it. You yeah. know, bucks like that, norm, well, you never you know. You see a lot of one-eyed deer. Like, I've shot two deer that were blind in one eye, and I'm sure that's what it was from. Yeah, his one eye looked gone, like it was gone. It looked like it was no longer in his head. Like it was completely just 
like it looked like his eye was open and there just wasn't anything in it. In it. Yeah, but he was 50 yards. So I was, you know, looking through the loopholes at 50, but he was bad shape. You always do old warriors, man. That's that's the start of the legacy right there. He's going to be an ugly sucker. If I get any trail camera pictures of him, he's going to be cool. I'll be very interested, interested to see if you get trail cam pictures of him. Yep. And hopefully that deer makes it. I hope so, because it'd be cool to see him next year. He's going to be like an old battle axe now. Yep. Well, <clears throat> after he came down, he just kind of gradually worked his way away from me. And then about five minutes later, I could hear deer coming and then I could see rack. I'm like, all right, here's the good one. And of course I was already amped up anyways. You know, you listen yeah. to big deer bang for 20 minutes. You're like, you know, you're doing, you're making Play-Doh snakes. It's like, a different word than bang. Banging. Yeah. Let's say like fighting. Fighting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I could see where you're going there. At one point you the said there's two dudes banging, they were going at it. And yeah. I was like, maybe we should probably say fighting. Probably not the best. A scrap. Yeah. They're having an old-fashioned uh, brawling. Donnie Brook. Yes, I like that. Fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. They're going fisticuffs. We'll go so, that. We'll just save that. any more memes getting made of you saying <laughs> two dudes banging. Maybe we need to rewind. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit it. Probably won't. <laughs> it's a classic now. Instant it'd, classic. It'd be a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Okay. So going fisticuffs. Here comes yes. the other. Big boy comes down. And I'm like, all right, I I got the loopholes up. I'm looking, I'm like, and all he's like 25 yards already, you know, through all the thick stuff. I didn't have much time to judge him. Mm -hmm. And I could just tell that he's he's got good mass, just a big old deer. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's, that's a good one. You know, I don't need to see any more the way my season's been going. I've been grinding for three weeks straight. It's, you know. This, Great feeling when a deer comes in, you're just like, yep. Yep, he'll work. Yep. He'll do. So... He came in, I drew back, and I've got my Tacticam going, so I've got this all on my Tacticam. But he gets right to me, and there's like a, a little dip, like a little stream that the deer usually cross, and I just figured he was going to either parallel it or cross it and come right to me. Well, he gets to it, and it's got enough water in it, he just lays down in it. He's so hot from fighting, he just lays down in this little stream. There's probably not... I don't know, six or eight inches of water in it. Mm -hmm. But he just lays down in it. I mean, I've I've got my pen <laughs> on his back, dropping it down in, like getting ready to squeeze the trigger. And when I'm just about, like I'm lifting my finger to put it on the trigger and getting ready to squeeze, and he just goes all the way to his belly. Plops down. And all I can see is right. Oh, he bedded straight down. Straight down, just right in the water. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 25 yards, all <laughs> I can see is his rack. Oh, I'm like, how crazy son of a gun. So he was in there. I don't know. It wasn't long, 20, 30 seconds. And he got back up and I'm like, well, maybe when he stands up, I'll have an opening, you know, stand right back up. Well, when he stood up, he got his kind of his butt up first and then his front end. When he did that, all of his vitals were covered and there was like a tree in the way. So I had no shot. Mm -hmm. So I let him work away. He gets up like, I don't know, 60 yards from me and he's, he's just going to naturally work his way away from me. So I'm like, well, he's either, this is either going to work or it's not going to work because he's all amped up from fighting. So I grunted at him and he heard it, but he just didn't really pay any attention. I think because there were so many bucks in the area. Yeah. And yeah. then I snort wheezed at him. And when I snort wheezed, he turned and he looked right at my tree and he was just like locked on. I'm like, all right, that's, that's all I need. This is going to work. It's working. It's working. Yep. He sat there for a minute and just kind of gradually worked his way back up the hill, kind of the way he came. I'm like, 
well, he must have been tired of fighting. You know, he'd he'd had enough after 20 minutes. He didn't feel like doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I hung my bow back up, sat back down, was facing the opposite direction. And I'm just kicking myself for not getting an arrow in him faster, you know, right before he went yeah. down. I had a 25-yard broadside shot in the clear. Doing the second guessing thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's the second buck, you know, good buck that I've had an opportunity on within 25 and didn't get an arrow in him. Right. I'm just kicking myself. And about 15 minutes goes by and I look up on the ridge and I could see a buck and I threw my binoculars up and I could tell it was a good buck, probably him. Mm -hmm. And then when he decided to come to me, it was like right to the tree. I'm like, all right, this is the deer. I call that. What What he was doing is he basically went up around, cut me and was trying to cut my wind. Mm. So Luckily, the wind had let up enough. It, it should have. He should have got me. It should have worked for him. The wind should have been blowing to him, but it had lightened up enough that the the light breeze was kind of coming back at me. Mm. And he looped around and just made a beeline right for my tree. Isn't it weird that he had that tree pinpointed, went he, up around, and then came back to the tree? He knew exactly where I was at, and that's what a lot of <clears throat> big deer do. That's why calling a lot of times will not work on big deer, especially like rattling when they can hear you from a long ways off, they'll just loop you yeah. and come in and get your scent. I mean, you don't know how many big deer you bump off when you're rattling just for the fact that you never see them. Yeah, for sure. But it, it ended up working on this guy. But when he came, he was coming right to me and I threw the binoculars up. I'm like, yep, good one. Dropped it down, ranged him. He's like 25 and close. And I'm like, no need to range, put that on get my release clipped on and there's a great big cottonwood tree in between me and him. And I draw and right when he's coming around it at like 15 yards, I'm, I'm already at full draw and he comes around the tree, just going to walk right under me. I'm like, Oh man, this is just perfect. Yeah. And it's like 455, you know, just really good shooting light. Still, everything was good. Yeah. And he's coming, I, he's getting in now to about 15 and I'm doing the meh, trying to do it soft. Cause he's close. Yeah. Meh, meh, meh and just never would stop. And finally he stops on his own and he's like 12 yards. But when he stops, there's a tree right on the crease. <sighs> What's usually what happens, right? It's always what We've happens. We've all been there and yeah. done that. So I'm like, well, I either take him here or I take the chance of him letting him go. And the deer that have been getting about five yards from where he's at have been winding me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just going to take him right now. When I got him 12 yards, everything's good. So I just shot, I just aimed far back stayed out of the tree and shot him and hit him far back. He went up on the ridge and stood at about 30 yards broadside to me, just kind of looking around like, what was that? Mm -hmm. Because I think he just had so much adrenaline going. He didn't even know what was going on. He didn't even know what happened. So I, I didn't even range him. I just guessed. I'm like, he looks 30 to 35. So I rolled my dial to in between 30 and 35, snapped on again. And I watched the tactic cam footage back. It was 20 seconds. I was locked, reloaded, and had the next arrow in him. Let's put in work. I, I was f- pretty fast on the redraw. <laughs> but when I when I cracked him that time, it was far back again. So <sighs> I put two arrows in. Both of them were back. I knew they were. I felt horrible, but I watched this deer. When, he, when I shot him that time, he took off pretty good up and over the hill, and I could hear him for probably 50 to 100 yards through the leaves. Yeah. I'm like, well, I know he's dead, but I'm going to leave him overnight. For sure. So yeah. yeah, just in case. Did the right thing, uh, left him overnight, got a hold of Ross, and we were able to walk in, I don't know, 150 to 200 yards, and he was bedded up right next to the creek this morning. Stiff. So, yep. He'd, he'd been dead a while. You know, two arrows through the through the rear of the deer. It's 
it, I think it speeded up the process quite a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you already got a deer, I mean, you, go, you got to get another one in them. Yep. If, if you get the opportunity. And you don't get those opportunities. No. Almost almost never. It's not a, always. It's a good habit when you see the deer and you're starting to slow down. Just go ahead and reload. That way you're ready. And like in that situation, you know, within 20 seconds, I had another one in him. I almost always have another arrow rocked. Yep. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Really. Well, awesome, dude. So that's awesome. Crank them twice. Yep. And the track job on a further back hit, much shorter. Yep. Um, much easier. So you go in the next morning. What What was the deer? I mean, was he what you thought he was? He was just about exactly what I thought. I'm a I'm a score guy, so it's kind of fun for me to like guess on score and and yeah. you know see how close I am. So after reviewing, I after reviewing the Tacticam footage, I was 99% sure that it was this deer that I, this good 10 pointer I'd been getting pictures of. Yeah. So I had him in my head at 145 to 150. And when we walked up on him, I'm like, he's, he's good deer. He's got good mass. He's got a big old uh, bladed up three on his right side. Very cool. He's a cool looking deer. Um, he's just not built to score. You know, he's got a, he's got 22 inch beams he's got short brow tines and he's got a short four on his left side mm-hmm. but just a, a small frame deer but just a really cool deer very cool i'm guessing yeah. a, probably a four-year-old yeah um but i was just elated to get him you know the way my season had been going everybody was cracking all the deer around me <laughs> with guns and i'm like you know this guy is a blessing at 12 yards on a deer of this caliber and after after the, having the night that i did i was so amped up to shoot him oh just, man he might as well have been a 170 coming in dude well that story is cool yeah to, to kill a buck i mean he already kicked somebody's butt and then you got his butt which is crazy like to i hope that other buck makes it yeah to add to the story down the road i was just kind of even in the score for the other guy that's right you're standing up for him the little guy the little guy how old is that bug? I think three or four, four, four year old. You I would say he's probably a four. Yeah, I've got. I'll show you some pictures. I've got him the day before the fight. Man, I hope he makes it. Yeah, we got to name him. He's kind of cool. He's not. He's not really built to score either. But he's really unique. He's got a unique shape to his. Well, be. I wonder what happened if he if he does make if he did lose an eye. I wonder if that'll change his rack at all. Good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, congrats, dude. It's a Appreciate great story. It, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It it always feels good to pull it to punch a tag with a bow. You know, especially after gun season gets done, you're kind of it I changes am, Illinois a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I get kind of down and out. It's like, man, the, the odds of doing it in November are you know pretty good the first couple weeks, but after gun season rolls through and half the deer are gone, it's like, ugh, it's it's even tougher now than it was, and it wasn't easy to start with. It, it changes things in Illinois. You know, I know there's there's other states with longer gun seasons, and it's almost like that pressure gets more dispersed over a stretch of time. But in Illinois, it seems like, you know, this is an arguable topic, but from what I experience, it seems like because it's like three days and then nobody likes to go second season because it's cold, just your front of the mill guys, they just get clobbered for yeah. three days and that just like shocks the deer herd and they're just like, ah, we're not yeah. doing anything now. First season's rough and something that we had going, I mean, it was going for the gun hunters, uh, you know, bow hunters probably weren't real happy about it, but the weather was beautiful, like mm-hmm. cold, um, it was windy, but the guys that went out had success. I mean, yeah. a lot of deer died in Illinois' first shotgun season this year. A lot of deer died. I mean, I know of a lot and a lot of deer got wounded too. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, I think having a gun season in the rut like that is good to kill deer but i would really like to see it done like iowa has their firearm season set up i've been saying that for a long time yeah um i think theirs is like coming up here in december and i think they have one in october like a muzzleloader season in october mm-hmm. but Literally. isn't Iowa's a week straight 
I know that they have two gun seasons, but I think they're back to back. I'm actually going to go over and hunt the second one with my buddy Jacob. Yeah. On my Iowa farm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would I would like to see that as well. I would like to see that rut gun hunt leave, but Illinois doing their thing and trying to keep numbers in check. So yeah, you're not yeah. going to convince them any different. No, just an un, probably an unpopular opinion. Yep. I would say amongst and I'm not, and I'm not against gun hunting. Like I like gun hunting. I, I even carried the gun, you know, yeah. when I, when no, we're definitely not against gun. Hunting. When I've got a Boone and Crockett deer, I will probably carry the gun. Yeah. But yeah, I think when you say things like that, people have kind of put that on us in the past that we're anti crossbow we're anti gun. We're not, I just killed a, Elk with a gun. Yep. You've killed great deer with guns. Oh, yeah. Several of them. We just think, it's fair to say probably our group collectively, things could be arranged differently for the seasons of these other weapons besides like a regular archery season. Yep. That's really it. That's really the issue with, I think, most people have with like, most people have an issue with crossbows, not the crossbow. It's the season that the crossbow is laid out compared to the other seasons. Exactly. I think, you know, I would even entertain, make crossbow season, take your firearm season, add crossbow in a week before those. Yep. But then there's guys that, you know, there's a lot of great arguments about it. And people also got to realize we've got some emails. When you guys watch and listen to us talk, we didn't go over the story and these things we're going to talk about before the podcast. So a lot of things like if we say it, that's just what we're feeling in the moment. We might not actually mean it and Google back later, like, ah, you don't know if I really agree with what I said. In the moment, it sounded right. But yeah. after putting it out there, I'm like, ah, I'd probably change that opinion. Yeah. No, we're just a couple of dudes talking about hunting. I mean, we're yeah. just real guys. But Well, I think so, people kind of get numb to the, I don't want to say scripted, but um, TV type stuff. Everything is more thought about. It's very not, formal. It's very formal. A podcast is very... It's quite the opposite. And I really think if you start doing that on a podcast, it's no longer a podcast. Yeah. And it gets kind of dry, in my opinion. If ours, Yeah, mine too. I think WCB has always prided ourselves in being honest in how we're feeling in the moment we talk about stuff. Yep. Sometimes we get hot and heated about topics. Oh, and we, we deal with some issues that are debatable and controversial. And I mean, yeah. but, you know, it's real talk. We're not going to shy away from it. Wouldn't it be boring if everything was just vanilla, though? We keep it interesting. I think so. I think so, man. Well, I'm happy for you. It's a great buck. I'm pumped. Feels good to to notch that first tag, and now it's time to sit back and wait on the big dog. So we got, let's just for, let's just kind of roster off what w, the WCB crew has been doing. Doug and Eric still haven't figured out how to kill a deer in Iowa. <laughs> Iowa <laughs> boys are struggling this year. <laughs> the chip bet is at an even race of zero. Nobody's got anything in the basket. Um, I am tagged out, you are half tagged out, and Ross is half tagged out. The Illinois boys are putting on a clinic, so maybe we need to just hit up Iowa and see if they'll give us some tags so we can kind of show them guys how it's done over there. Do them a favor, I guess. But hey, listen, the deer herd's getting a little out of control, because Lee, the cult leader, still... He's dragging his feet, too. Yeah, he's dragging his feet, so I don't know what they're waiting on. (laughs) You know, maybe the day after their gun season. Yeah. 
That could be it. Because <laughs> you were dragging your feet a little bit. Well, longer than I usually do. I'm like, geez, what's going on? Is he going to gonna pull it out? Here I went over there and checked your temperature, actually, one night when you're sleeping. I was like, just make sure he's not. <laughs> Ross, Ross called me when he shot his, what was it, like November 3rd or 4th or something like that? Like, yeah. Right when I normally kill, he's like, I killed one before you. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I got the biggest buck out of the three of us, so that's normally not how that goes. Normally, And not only that, but it's as an eight-pointer. Like, yeah. They don't get much better than that as an eight. I'll take it all day. Oh man, that's that's a nice. We had some good bucks. Ross killed a really good eight, um, and I'm just taking this moment to really rub this in Doug and Eric's face. So <laughs> this isn't to anybody else but Doug and Eric. Um, those guys just suck, man. I don't know what it is, but they'll figure it out. 150 inch eight, 142 inch eight. Mine was 147 and seven eighths. Yeah, 148, 148. And you know, like I said, not a not a huge frame deer, but he looked. Pretty dang good in the timber. I'd shoot him every season, man. Yeah, was... I'm a sucker for 140s bucks. Yep. I got a lot of them, but they just look good. Yeah. He's he's a solid deer. And I, you know, I'm pretty picky. I've You are. Usually a 150s eight or a 160s ten is what I'm holding out for. Um, but when you've grinded for three weeks and a deer like this comes cruising by after the whole story and situation, I was just I, I wasn't even judging him. I'm like, he's, yeah. he's going. The fight thing would have jacked me up. And that changed that, you know, we talked about that too. It's like, that changes how you feel because you get jacked up. You're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I want to see I want to see this fight. And then somebody yeah. comes down, you're already jacked up. Like, yep. And know. he was a deer worth getting jacked up about. Like he, you know, he's only scored 148, but he looked a heck of a lot bigger on the hoof. Well, that and dude, high 140s bucks look good. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys that they don't have a ton of experience. I'm like, dude, I saw a giant. I'm like, you probably saw like high 140s. Yeah. They look they, big. They turn and walk away from you. And when they got mass up in the tines, they look like a 170 walking away. They do. <laughs> it's hard to judge a one high 40s into the 50s buck. Like, yeah, especially from that rear quartering away angle. See that backside of the twos and threes and the beam. This deer has a three that's like flat. So it's just like nothing but mass. Yeah, it's I cool. Put the binoculars up. I'm like, whoop. See if we had a water displacement measuring system, this buck would score. He'd do all right. Way big. He'd do all right. He would probably score the biggest of all the deer that the Illinois boys have shot this year. Yeah. For WCB. Might he'd be up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. But man, what's your prediction on the Doug Eric chip bet? Because it's kind of crunch time well, for them. Well, Doug usually gets the better of Eric, so I'm kind of rooting for the underdog. Plus, Eric's just got a monster, so I'd love to see him shoot that that great big deer that he's seen. I've kind of so I'm the moderator for this um, bet. I'm not supposed to choose sides, but Doug didn't show up for the podcast when for Uh-oh. my tagged out podcast, which was been last week when this airs. I didn't either, and uh, you didn't either. But um, Doug just wasn't. Doug thought we just didn't have one, a podcast. He missed it. Which it's like, Doug, we don't ever just not have them. So um, he was doing other things, um, which if you subscribe to Patreon, you know what Doug was doing. Doug, looking at you. And uh, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> see you, Doug, watching this. Um, watching me, watching you. Uh, but anyway, he was doing other things. So... Well, so I chose Team so Eric. You're going Eric now. Well, yeah. it's hard not to root for the guy when he's uh, he's kind of the underdog and he's got an absolute giant. It'd be fun to see him smoke that one and make Doug sweat a little bit. God, Doug would be sweating. That'd be a tough one to beat. I don't think he could beat it. No. You'd have to really – it'd have to be a crazy year. Yeah. I mean, our whole crew would be on top of the world. If, he, if Eric killed the deer he's hunting and then Doug beat it, Yeah. how mad would Eric be? 
That'd be so awesome. <laughs> it would be just a roller coaster of events. I wonder, do you guys, when you guys listen, do you guys do this stuff with your friends? I, I don't really, I don't like to participate in the side bets. I put enough like mental pressure on myself and I have enough fun chasing deer in my own head that I don't really like to throw these like wild card things in there. But what's well, it's a win win for us. I mean, we're going to get to see one of them eat the chip. It's, I love it because it's entertaining as hell. Like we get to be part of this fake it's not fake it, it really is a bet but it's almost created artificial turmoil between doug and eric which they don't let it really bug them but it is funny because when they get in here on the podcast it kind of gets it's a little, little uneasy a little uneasy <laughs> because they're they kind of want to like smack talk it's it's pretty funny i don't know it's a great idea it is a great idea. Eric's like, man, I'm about tired of hearing about this chip bet. I'm like, yeah, man. Well, you need to shoot something then. Great content. Yeah, just do it, and then <laughs> you'll you'll be victorious. Yeah. <laughs> a little crap. I was gonna, we can say shit on the series. What else you got? Oh, man. Looking forward to the late season. I've got several good food plots in. Yeah. Uh, one more tag in my pocket here in Illinois, mm -hmm. and really pumped to see what shows up. I know of three or four other good deer, deer bigger than the one that I just killed, so... Um, I'm going to be patient and wait on the monster. And yeah. if he doesn't cooperate, then hopefully one of those will. Awesome, man. Well, I'm tagged out, which is a good problem. Um, I'll be honest, though. I want to I keep one. I want to go hunting. That could kill a doe. But After you take a week or two off and everybody's still out there, it's like, oh, man, I wish I still had that tag. But I know. With, the, with the season you had, it's hard not to do what you did. Yeah, I mean, I'd do it all over again. Oh, yeah. 150-inch eight and an old... How old that deer was, six or seven, your first one? I need to send the teeth in. Still haven't done that yet. I need to hurry up and get that yeah. going. You can't argue with that, man. Between six and eight, old. I'm guessing. So we'll see a big old hog, big old fat head on him. Yeah. We have the Euro skull back from that buck hanging in the studio next to another really good buck, a much higher scoring deer. In the buck I shot October 8th, his bones are like thicker. Yeah. His head is wider, the thickness of everything. It's just kind of... That tells the tale right there. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. But that other buck scores 40 inches bigger. Yeah, well... Almost, you, right? You see those big old blockhead yeah. deer. They're usually... It's an old... Old, old deer. Yeah. Cool. Well, best of luck to everybody. We all done? I think I think so, man. Cool. It's fun to tell the story. Thanks for having yeah. me in. And of course. Always it's, a good time. It's good to see you. You know, it's like, man, let's do a DeerCast podcast. Everybody else is hunting their asses off and just gearing up. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. No problem, dude. Best of luck to everybody out there if you have an unfilled tag. And uh, get out there. Have some fun. Be friendly on the Internet. Support us if you will. Uh, like, comment, rate us wherever you listen. Um, interact with us on DeerCast. And uh, we want to know. Like, I'm getting to that point where hunting is going to slow down, so we're going to start bugging people again. Who would you like to hear on the podcast, whether it's working class on DeerCast, whether it's regular WCB or CC Hunt Files, tell us who you want on. Um, I've been noticing some comments where it's kind of like, well, we're about ready to do some like maybe people we haven't had on before or somebody that you guys want to hear specifically for whatever reason. So let us know and we'll do our best to make it happen because really uh, sometimes we get in the mode and we just podcast how we want to podcast, but I also like to meet new people and explore new topics. So let us know um, who do you think would be fun to have on the show. We appreciate that. And you know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We love you guys. Thanks.
the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.